let's jump into this and let's start talking about our last uh, sermon on our big five of our second core value. We will pursue Jesus with ridiculous joy, and we've been talking about this the last few weeks. And so today we're going to talk about the joy that we get through one another, okay? The joy that we get through the people that God has blessed us with, the people that God has put around us and that we are uh, able to do life with, not just in the church, but also outside of the church. And we're going to process through this this morning, the joy that we get together. Now, I, I saw a quote this week that I was, thought was really interesting, and it made me laugh. If you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. And it made me stop because I chuckled. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But then I stopped. I was like, wow, that's, that's actually really serious. Right? If I live my life with no joy, there's a good possibility that there's a leak in my Christianity somewhere. Now, the reason I wanted to share that is because I want to share a possible leak for us. And I know it can be for me if I don't have the right point of view. One of the number one leaks in our life that leaks out joy from us, whether we realize it or not, (laughs) is people. Right? Think about this. People can be one of the greatest sources of joy. People can also be one of the biggest robbers of joy. Because if you think about it, how often do we end up living out maybe a bad day because of somebody else? Right? Right? You ever had those moments? You wake up, it's a great day, it's a beautiful day, it's like the birds are singing, everything's great, sun's shining, you're in the greatest mood ever. You walk out of the house, and within the first ten minutes, you run into that one person that just robs the entire joy of the day. I was like, really? Are you kidding me? It, it reminds me of this. You know, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. This is a joke, if, you, if you've never uh, heard uh, this before said by any pastor, but I remember a pastor said this to me once, and it's been said by other people in ministry. I actually heard it this week again, it, it made me laugh that I heard it again this week. Somebody actually said, ministry would be wonderful if you didn't have to deal with people. Everybody in the room's just like, wait a minute, <laughs> we're people. <laughs> what are you trying to say? But it's a reality of life. Let's just be honest, just for, this is the thing, we're supposed to be honest together, let's just be honest. There are people in our lives, there are situations, there are moments, it's people that rob the most joy from us in many cases. And this is what we want to talk about. Because this isn't what God intended, right? God's intention was that for relationships, for the connection that we have with one another, was actually supposed to be one of the greatest sources of joy. And because we have the wrong perception of it, because we look at it the wrong way, I I want us to realize that this morning as we talk about this, hopefully as we change our perception, as we change the way we view this, we're going to discover that we can actually get joy out of every single relationship we have in life. Now hear me for a moment. You can get joy from every single relationship you have in life. That includes the person that takes the most joy from you right now. What you have to do is change your perception, change our point of view, start looking at it the way God calls us to look at it. So think about this. This was God's intention. When God made humanity, he made Adam, and he looked at Adam, and he said, it is not good for man to be alone, and he created Eve. When God created Eve, he was not just creating a husband and wife relationship. In that moment, he created every human relationship that would ever exist. 
right? In that moment of creating Eve, God created every single human relationship that had ever existed. They were together as husband and wife. They were united in that. But now all of a sudden you had the Now, brothers and sisters came, and friends came, and cousins, and all the extended family came, and neighbors came, and all this reality started just by God looking at Adam and saying, it is not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create a partner for him, and when I create this partner for him, I'm going to create every relationship that will ever exist. But we know this, but I want to process this for a moment. We know from the fall, instantaneously, when sin entered the world, it broke, it shattered, it just completely destroyed this beautiful thing that God had created in relationship. See, the the fall brought with it things like shame, it brought distrust, it brought conflict, it brought accusation, it brought betrayal. Just in the first three chapters of Genesis, we see those things come in, right? And think about it, these are the things that rob joy from us when it comes to the people around us. When we can't trust people, or we're in conflict with people, or there's accusations being thrown out against people, or there's questioning motives, there's betrayal. All of these things steal joy from us. So that which was meant to bring us some of the most joy we could ever experience in life now becomes the leak that is taking joy away from us. Now, I said it before, but this is the point. Joy is possible through every relationship if we're willing to conform our understanding and perception of people through the eyes of Christ. This is the challenge this morning. This is what we're going to process through together this morning, is allowing ourselves to start seeing one another completely through the eyes of Christ. So to do that, I'm going to ask, take your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. And and I just want to prepare everybody because we're going to be jumping around a lot. There's really not going to be this, let's look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm not going to put any of those verses up on on the screen. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, whatever you use for Scripture, go to Romans chapter 12. Because we're going to pull some stuff out of this chapter that, that Paul gives to us that helps us understand how we're supposed to live together with one another in joy. And through the eyes and lens of Christ. Now, right off the bat, Romans chapter 12 has one of the more famous uh, passages out of that, is right in the beginning, where, where Paul tells us, where he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And then he goes on, and he says that we are to not follow the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So I want us to have that as the foundation this morning, that as we process through this, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing every single day, that we look into the perfect word of God. We're actually allowing ourselves to be transformed by God's truth so that we start seeing things through his point of view. And this morning we're going to do that towards people. So what I want us to understand about the rest of Romans 12 is... Sometimes when we read scripture, I mean, I I can do this many, a lot of times, and I shouldn't. I'll break things up into sections, and I won't look at the big picture. And what I want you to see out of the entirety of the chapter, Romans chapter 12, the entirety of the chapter, everything Paul is talking about is relationship with one another. 
The entire chapter is relationship with one another. He starts by telling us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the next thing he starts talking about is how we fit together as the body of Christ. And how each of us have a responsibility and a role. And each of us have gifts and abilities that God has given to us. And how we work together and we use those gifts. He's talking in the context of relationship. And then he goes on, and and starting at verse 9, he starts talking a little bit more specific, where he starts talking about love must be sincere. And he says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Again, he's talking about that in the context of relationship. We can't take it out of context where he's, he's laying this out because then he starts talking about being kind to one another and showing hospitality to one another and, and mourning with one another and rejoicing with one another. He talks about living in humility with one another. The entirety of the chapter is a context where Paul is calling us to live in relationship with one another the way that God has called us to. So, so that's why I want us to see this, that it's interesting that he started this by saying, hey, change the way you think. If you change the way you think, you're going to change the way you live together. And the way you live together is going to be transformed into the way God wants it to. And then guess what? You're going to experience the joy that God has for us through relationships, through our friendships, through all of this stuff. So that's, I, I just want to encourage you, as we jump around, go back later and look at different sections and parts of Romans chapter 12. Read it in its entirety and see what Paul is putting forth to us. But this morning, I want us to talk about just four ways that we can change our point of view, change our way of looking at one another that will bring us more joy as we live life together. Okay? Uh, And so hopefully this is encouraging to us and with something that we say, yeah, let's start doing this because it'll drastically change maybe where that leak is when it comes to our joy. So here's number one. Finding joy in the unique and eternal aspects of one another. And I'll explain this, but finding joy in the unique and eternal aspects of one another. So here's what I, want to, what I mean by that. If you ever look at your life, we ever stop and just pause for a moment and look at our lives, our daily lives. We chase after uh, very common and temporary things to find joy. Right? So what I mean by that is that we're chasing after things of the world to find joy. Very common, temporary things. Uh, if, I, if I get this new car, it's going to bring me joy. If I get this new job, it's going to bring me joy. If, if I, you know, we, we want to acquire things to give us joy. Uh, it's kind of like right now my house is continually in a, in a state of shambles because of remodeling that we've been doing. And all that goes through my head every day when I sit down, well, it goes through my head, but it goes through my head because my wife says it constantly. She'll make comments like, my house is a pigsty, right? So it's robbing joy from her. And because it's robbing joy from her, it's robbing joy from me. Because every time she says it, I'm going to interpret what she means. What she means is, would you hurry up and get the house so it doesn't look like a pigsty? Right? So it's robbing joy from me. So it's like this idea that once the house is put together and once we get everything the way we want it, then we'll we'll have joy. I'm seeking joy in common and temporary things All the while, I'm neglecting to see the most unique and eternal thing that is right in front of me that is my source of joy, and that is other people. Hear what I mean by this. Every single person in this room, there is no other you anywhere on this planet. You are the most unique thing in this room. 
Nobody has your experiences. Nobody has your stories. Nobody has your point of view. You are you and you are you alone. There is no other you. And when we neglect relationships, when we don't see the value in people, when we don't see the value in connecting with as many people as possible in different contexts and different, just to hear stories, but we think we're going to find joy in some common thing of the world, I'm neglecting one of the most beautiful things God created, and that is you. The uniqueness of you. But the other thing that's beautiful about this is not only are we unique, we are also eternal. And what I mean by eternal is not like, hey, we're some great thing. Like, we are eternal because God created us that way. Here's the thing. When I leave this life, when every person leaves this life, we still exist. Either we're going to exist in the presence of God for all eternity, or we're going to exist separated from God for all eternity. So what I want us to understand is every single day of your life when we're chasing after things in this world that are going to give us joy, we're neglecting the most beautiful thing that God has given to us to give us joy, and that is other people. Because you are the only thing in this world that is, one, unique, and completely, you're eternal. The value that we have, the value of every person that we see. And when you think about this, just for a moment, think about this. I, I was, this morning as I was getting this ready, I was like, well, what's one example I can give of where people chase after something thinking that if they have it, it's going to make them happy, just even temporarily? Does anybody know how many iPhones were sold last year? 217 million. Right? Think about how people are like, if I just get that new phone... That's one example, right? That's going to bring me so much joy. I'm going to be connected to the world. I'm going to have all this information right in my hand. I'm going to have the new toy. I got to have it, right? That's just one example. Everybody, you can insert your thing there. Everybody's got something. It's like, oh, I got to have it. I'm going to be so happy if I have it, if I, if I just have that. But the whole while, the most unique and special thing is the person that's sitting right across from you or right next to you. It's, it's the people that God puts in your path that he says learn from them, discover them, uh, hear their stories, find out more about it. But we don't because we're chasing the common. We're chasing something that's temporary and we're neglecting the most beautiful thing that God has given to us and that's each other. And actually in uh, chapter 12 and verse 16, Paul says this. He says, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Right? Paul's challenging us. He's like, listen, don't, don't have an arrogance to say I can't experience something from these people. I can't learn from these people. Like They're not in my class of people. Paul's trying to say, he's like, listen, don't have that attitude. Don't look at people and put them in segments like I don't want to talk to them or they're not my type of person. or they're... See the beauty and the uniqueness of every single person. Some of the greatest conversations that you will ever have will be with people that your humanity, your fallenness would say, I don't know if I can relate to them, but if you would just open up and discover and have a conversation, build a relationship, you might discover some of the greatest joy you will ever find is from the people that you would never think you would get joy from. I've shared this at other times, but in, in the past, before when I was still pastoring down in Missouri, I, I used to work with um, a company that was a, a day center with, with people with uh, mental disabilities and stuff like that. And I, some, of my, some of my greatest experiences of joy were with people that could barely talk. They, they never learned, that they, they had no capacity to speak and hold on sentences and, and have any of that, but they were some of the most joy. I experienced more joy from them than anybody else, but he, the world would look at them and say, well, what do they have to offer? 
What, what, what could you ever learn from them? I, I don't know if I've ever shared it here in a sermon, but the number one person that, I, that I, I experienced so much joy from was a little short lady about this tall. Her name was Libby, which makes me laugh because we ended up naming our daughter Libby, but not because of her. But she used to walk up and she used to like take these three fingers and they were just, the, and she'd shove them in your armpit and she'd, she'd say, tickle, and then she'd run away. Right? And it hurt. It didn't tickle. It didn't tickle one bit. But you couldn't help but laugh at her joy. You couldn't help but laugh at her. And I would love to, whenever I got a day where I could be with her, it was like, this is going to be the greatest day ever because she's going to pour joy into me because of the joy she lives with. Because she was unique. And she was special. And she was eternal because God created her in in his image. And if I chose to see her that way, I got to be blessed with joy by being around her. Imagine if we started seeing each other that way. You are unique and you are eternal and you're created in God's image. And just the ability that I have to experience life with you should be a source of joy for me. But we don't usually see it that way. The other reason I want us to stop and think about this for a moment is the seriousness of this. Because it's not just the fact that I get joy from that. I I just want to pause for a moment. If we really took this seriously, that people are eternal, we would make a whole lot more effort to connect with people because we, we would be worried about their eternal destiny. Right? I would look at people and say, no, I want to connect with that person because if I understand that you're eternal and either you're going to spend eternity with God or you're going to spend eternity without... And, uh, you know, push out of the presence of God or rejected from the presence of God, that I'm going to push in. I want to push in as much as I can so that I can be used by God to bring Jesus into your life. I want to move on to the next point. Before I do that, I want to share this one quote from Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon that has always uh, convicted me because I don't think this is a, a, a mentality I live with as much as I should. But he said this. He said, if sinners be damned, At least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to say, or imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And if not, and and let it not, and let not one go unwarned or unprayed for person enter in. I mean, do you see the imagery of what Spurgeon's saying here? He's like, if I understand the uniqueness, the beauty that is you, because there is no other you, and if I understand that you are eternal, and I understand that hell is real, and I understand that the only way to get to heaven is to receive Jesus, then if I live by that understanding and that point of view, then I should use every effort I can to try to get as many people into the gates of God's glory and save them from the realities of hell as I can. But we don't live that way because we don't live with that perception. Which moves us on to the next one. We can get joy in intimacy. If you go through chapter 12, at least starting at verse 9, I'm going to read through these kind of quickly, but here's some of the things that Paul says starting at verse 9. He says, love must be sincere. Verse 10, he says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. In verse 13, he says, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. In verse 15, he talks about we should rejoice with one another. We should mourn with one another. 
He's talking about intimacy with one another. He's talking about a bond that is between people that is so strong. Think about this. A bond that is so strong between people that when one person is in pain, the other is in pain. If you are in a place of mourning, it's being so intimately close with people that if you are in mourning, then I am in mourning. If you are rejoicing, I can't help but rejoice. The reason we get joy and intimacy is because God has given us an ability that we can have intimate relationships with other people that everything else is stripped away and they know you for who you are and you know them for who they are and there is a joy that comes with that. And one of the reasons there's joy that comes with that is because it's a person that you can be around or it's people that you can be around where you don't have to pretend. And I'm just going to be really honest about it. There are, there are so many people, whether we like to admit it or not, we pretend in life. I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. Think about it. Whenever you see somebody and they ask, how are you doing? Good. Fine. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, how often do we get real blunt honest? How many people do we have to get real blunt honest with and say, no, this is how I am. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm just destroyed inside. No pretending. No false words. But just the gut honest truth, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. But on the, on the flip side, that person that you can celebrate with and you can have joy with and you can, you can look at the good stuff in life. See, there's a joy that comes to us when we enter into relationships where we are humble enough to submit ourselves to one another in holy love and devotion. There's a joy that comes with that. There's a joy that comes with a person or a group of people that you know you can trust completely. The first time I ever experienced this, this is going to sound really weird, but the first time I ever experienced this was not in the church. Because here's, here's the blunt reality of my, my history in the church, growing up in the church. Growing up in the church, the churches that I was part of growing up, uh, we, we did not have intimacy. We had a lot of backstabbing. <laughs> we had a lot of fighting. We had a lot of war that went on in the church. Um, we had a lot of division that went on in the church. We had a lot of, if I share this with you on this side of the room before the day is over, it's like everybody on this side is going to know what I said. You get what I'm saying? Like that kind of church. That's what I grew up in. The first time I ever experienced a relationship, a friendship with another guy that was really close to scripture, this can sound really weird, he was my, he was my drinking buddy from when I was about 18, 19, 20 years old. He's the guy I went to all the bars with, right? Um, here's why I say that, because I knew I could share anything with him, and it would never go any further, and if I, I knew if I went to him, and I looked at him and said, dude, I need you to go take a baseball bat to that person's head, he'd go do it, right? Like, we would never do, but I'm just saying that's the devotion that I know he had for me. And it's the devotion I had for him. Now, you got to picture this because we were two guys that did not show feelings at all. So I want you to picture this. This is, this is hilarious. So the bar, I don't even know what it was called at the time, but the bar in Shellsburg on the corner, okay? I don't know what it was called then. So there was a moment we were there, and we were doing stuff we shouldn't have been doing. And I, God, God really was screwing with me because I was out having to go. This was that time in my life where he'd just throw conviction at me all the time. 
So here we are at the bar, we're having a good time, we're, we're celebrating, it's a good time, and all of a sudden God decides that's a good time to make David like break down, and I'm like in tears. So I'm not going to cry in a bar, right? So I got up and I went outside and I sat on the, on the corner outside, and there I am, just, you know, I'm, I'm not like bawling, but I'm, I'm God just like, just pouring himself, making me feel like this is not where you're supposed to be. And everything in me was like, I don't want to listen to you, and it was just this conflict, here comes my big friend. He's like 6'5", big guy. He comes out. He comes and sits down next to me. No Christianity, no faith, no nothing at all. He sits down next to me. All that's going through my head is he's going to make fun of me. He's going to tell me to suck it up. He's going to tell me to get back in here because I'm bringing down everybody, blah, blah. It's like this list. He looks at me, and all, this is all he says. He says, if the day ever comes and you live on the other side of the country and you need me, you call me, and I'll be there. That's all he said. But it'll never leave me because at that moment, I felt intimacy like I'd never felt before. Like, wow, here's somebody that would do anything for me. Anything for me. The sad truth is, is many of us live through life, and we don't have that kind of relationship. Yeah, we got people we're close with. Yeah, we got people we pal around with. Yeah, we got people that we can joke with and have fun with. But we don't have that person that we can look at and say, you know what? I know if at any moment, at any time I needed you, you would be here for me. Some of us do, and that's awesome. But for those that don't, we're missing out on a beautiful and amazing relationship of joy. And I'm going to plug it again. This is then small groups. Get connected with people because within those groups, you might find the person that God wants you to be in that intimate relationship with that you've never had before. you got to put yourself out there to do it. So, here's what's funny. That happened last week, and I know it wasn't me because I didn't touch anything on this. <laughs> okay, so with that, let's go to the next one, though. The third one is there. Then there's the joy of e- that eternal investment. Okay, there's that joy of eternal investment. So in chapter 12, in verses 6 through 8, uh, there's this portion where Paul's talking about using our gifts for one another and blessing one another, investing in one another through our giftedness and what we're able to do. He says, use the gifts that God has given to you according to the grace given to you and use it for other people. Okay, so what I want to talk about with this one is there is a joy that many of us maybe have never experienced. When I say many, I don't mean just in this room. I mean Christians in general. I think there's a lot of Christians that have never experienced the joy of actually sharing Jesus with someone and being part of their journey of accepting Christ for themselves for the very first time. Because if you actually look at the numbers, most Christians would say, I've never shared my faith with anybody. I've never actually sat down and shared my faith with anybody. And I'm here to tell you right now, there is nothing that will bring more joy to your life than actually talking to someone about Jesus and then looking at them and having them say, I want that. I'm going to give you the most recent one um, that is very personal for myself. So over the summer, I got the chance to go teach at, be a speaker at kids camp for our old denomination. And during that, we went through the gospel, and every day, a little bit more, we went through the gospel until we got to the kind of the, everything came together. And I remember teaching the lesson to these kids on what it means to receive Christ for themselves, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means that Jesus died for them and that we trusted him, we put our faith in him. And then I invited them to, if that is something that you are, are wanting, something that you, you trust and believe in, then let's, let's say this prayer together. So we did that. 
And then I encouraged the kids. I said, hey, before the day is done, find an adult, right, from your church and tell them that you did that so that they can pour into you, they can keep helping you with understanding this and, and, and all of it. So find an adult and do that. So uh, I had a couple of kids that were not from, because we didn't, you know, from, none of the kids from here from church, but from other churches came to me, and, and they were just like, hey, I said the prayer, and, you know, high fives, and I was like, that's awesome, go talk to somebody, that was amazing, it was great. And then the next morning, I'm getting stuff ready, and my own daughter walks up to me, and she's like, she grabs a chair, and she pulls it over, and she gets up on the chair, and she grabs my, kind of grabs me and pulls me in. And she, she leans in. She's like, Daddy, I said the prayer. I'm telling you, you don't even know the joy that explodes in your heart. Not just to hear a child say it, but to hear your own daughter. Say, Daddy, I said the prayer. And I'm telling you now, like, it, it's still emotion. I was actually, this morning, as I was thinking about the sermon, I'm like, man, I'm going to tear up when I talk about this. I was like, I wonder if I'm going to tear up at the second service, like, doing it twice. Um, like, this is like the, 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 you know, it comes out, and then, you know, the next one's going to be stone cold, like, no tears whatsoever. Um, but I can't, I can't not think about that moment, and my heart wells up with joy. To the point that it doesn't matter what else happens today, that's joy that can see me through it. I, I left this morning, and, and before I left, I looked down at my daughters as they were sleeping. When they're usually sleeping, when I leave, I'll, I'll go in and I'll just kind of, you know, tell them bye in a sense of I don't wake them up, but just kind of do that. And when I looked at her, just again, joy. And I'm saying this because it saddens me that there's many Christians that have never experienced that type of joy. Not just with a family member, just with somebody that God said, I'm going to use you to bring them into a relationship with me. And one of the reasons I just really want to stress this one is we don't experience this kind of joy because, one, we don't even look for it. We're not even striving for it. But I want to challenge you. Are you even praying for it? See, I was able to have that moment because I think God was faithful in the fact that I have put my time in kneeling at my daughter's bed praying for her salvation. I have wrestled for her. Are we wrestling for people? And then are we allowing God to say, you know what? Now I'm going to use you. And I'm going to let you have some joy that you never experienced before. I'm going to let you experience joy that you've never had before. Because you're going to be part of seeing them go from death to life. Going from a sinner to a saint. In an instant, you're going to see them take on faith. Whether it's a child to an adult are you sharing your faith with others? Because there's a joy there. There's a joy in discipling someone. There's a joy in pouring into someone. There's a joy to see someone go from a baby Christian to a stronger Christian to a growing Christian to leadership. There's a joy in that. And if we're not doing it, we're neglecting one of the greatest joys God has given to us, and that's to shepherd other people and disciple other people. And every single per person in this room, you are able to do this. See, some of us were like, well, I don't know if I can do that. You can do this. Here's why. I see Christianity very much like in my mind, I see Christianity in many ways like a ladder. 
And when I chose to put my faith in Jesus, I took the first step on the ladder. There's a lot of people that aren't on the ladder that I can try to get on the ladder. So there's people I can reach out to, even as a baby Christian, even as a person that doesn't know very much. I know they need to be on the ladder. They need to be with Jesus. I can reach out to them. But here's the beautiful thing of Christianity. As I grow in my maturity and I go further up the ladder, there's always people below that I can help get to where I'm at. We can always be discipling other people, whether how much you think you don't know or you question your abilities, you are able to invest and pour into other people. Because there's always somebody, there's always somebody that doesn't know what you know. And if you know Jesus, that's the number one thing you need to know to be able to invest in other people. Hey, I know somebody that you need to know. And I'm going to share him with you. There is joy in that. So let's get to the last one. Joy and spiritual maturity. Now, here's what I mean by that one. I'm not talking about the spiritual maturity of others. I'm talking about your spiritual maturity. There is joy that you can get in relationship as you grow and mature as a Christian. Now, this is the difficult one to talk about, right? This is going to be a little bit difficult to talk about. Because this one relates to the people that actually steal joy from us. This this relates to the person that you don't like. This relates to the person that frustrates you, or makes you angry, or is your enemy, or you feel is against you, right? This is that person. You can still have joy when it comes to those relationships, and hopefully you will track with me on this, because this is the one that I can see a lot of us going like, nope, nope, don't want to accept it, nope, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that, but hear me on this. What we need to do is change our perception, change the way we view these people, By seeing them as an opportunity that God has given to us to mature and to actually live out our Christian faith. Let me explain what I mean. Take the person that God puts into your life that is the hardest person ever to love. And you sit there all the time going, Lord, why do I have to put up with this person? And God is looking at you and saying, I have given you that person to teach you and help you to learn how to love. Because I call you to love. And I'm giving you them. I'm giving you this person. I have put this person in your life because they are the person that I am going to use to help mature you and teach you how to love. See, they're actually the hardest people in our lives could actually be the biggest blessing that God has given to us. Because he's saying, this is the person that I want to use to mature you in your faith. This is the person that I want to use that's going to give you the opportunity to live like me in this life. See, we we say things like, Lord, give me patience. But don't give me anybody that tries my patience. Right? Right? Lord, Lord, I'm a loving person as long as you don't have to make me go around people that are hard to love. See, Jesus actually talked about this. He's like, it's easy to love the people that are lovable. But I'm going to put you around the people that aren't. Because that's where you're going to grow the most. If you actually look at chapter 12, the majority of the writing in chapter 12, the majority of this chapter, especially after verse 9, What Paul is talking about is he's writing his focus. He's focused in in what he's saying. 
in telling us how to live in harmony with those that actually cause the most disharmony in our lives. He's, he's talking to us saying, this is how you live with people that are actually trying to rob you of your joy. This is the mindset that you have. So let me just give you a breakdown of how I've been challenged with this this week. Take the people that I struggle to be in life with. Take the people that I struggle to have relationship with or that I have to have connection with in whatever context that looks like. What if instead of being negative towards that, I started having this attitude? What if I started rejoicing that through them I'm given the opportunity to show them grace and mercy? What if my attitude then became, instead of complaining and being negative, I had the attitude that I rejoiced that I'm given the opportunity to show them love and forgiveness? What if I rejoice that I'm given the opportunity to actually turn the other cheek for the sake of the gospel and for the glory of Jesus and for the ability to bless somebody else? What if my attitude was that I rejoice that I'm given the opportunity to humble myself so that somebody else can be blessed? What if I had the attitude of rejoicing that I'm placed into situations where I am able to actually reflect Jesus to somebody that needs to see him? Here's a big one. What if I rejoice in the reality in those relationships that I am able to extend to someone else everything that Jesus did for me? Wouldn't that maybe change our perception of how we look at the people in our lives if that's the way I looked at it? Lord, this is hard, but man, I am joyful because you're giving me the opportunity To show to them the grace, mercy, love, forgiveness that you extended to me. Wow, I actually get to be the reflection of Jesus to those people. But see, that doesn't happen until I change my perception of seeing them as a blessing, not as a thorn put in my flesh to come against me, work against me, like, God, you hate me for bringing this person into my life. God's like, no, I bring them because I love you. And I'm using them to grow you. And I don't know about you, but we should be joyful in that, that he loves us that much that he wants to use us for his glory and grow us in our own spiritual maturity. Listen to what, uh, this is actually Romans chapter 5. You don't need to turn there, but I actually have this one up there. So Romans chapter 5, listen to what Paul says with this. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. So he just got done talking about the blessings. We rejoice in our blessings. But he says, not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So here's what I want you to do is process this. What if we kind of inserted in there that we rejoice in our sufferings through hard relationships? Because we know that that relationship... That, that difficulty, that struggle with that person 
actually is producing in me endurance. And that endurance is producing in me character. And that character is producing in me hope. And that hope will never put me to shame because I'm filled with the love of God. Do, do you see how Paul's challenging the way we see things? We don't look at people in the negative. We look at them as blessings. That God is using them to mature us as followers and children and disciples of him. So as 